Hey there, welcome to ATL on 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. Our uh, Christmas holiday hiatus is over. I'm here again with Tyler Jones, the great Tyler Jones. Uh, I don't know about great, but oh, it's good yeah. to be back again. It's been a while. It's been a long absence for me in particular, uh, so... <laughs> Good to be back on the show. Yeah, I, I, you know, with the holidays, family in town, I, I took time off from podcasting. I took time off from exercising and playing basketball in the gym. And it didn't work out so well because on one of those days, I think it was like, you know, two days after Christmas, I look on Instagram and, and Gucci and Quavo are posting pictures of themselves playing pickup at my gym. I was Did they play at the same time you usually go? Yeah, I mean, they went in the afternoon. I go a lot in the afternoons, you know, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. It looked like they were there. I texted some of the people that were there. I was like, did you hear about that? And they're like, yeah, I was there. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well. Yeah, you missed out. And I, you know, they in general, did. I just missed out on working out period so i know and here's the funny thing like i asked the guy who was working there today i was like did they rent it out and he's like no because like they could rent it for 120 bucks an hour or something they just they just paid the two dollars to get in oh that's cool of them yeah yeah had some some competition to play against so yeah i I just got back from playing and I, i feel good just it feels good to get a good sweat and just get it out uh yeah man Feels good. All right, so uh, it's been a long time, and the Hawks were actually good during the highway. It's not that it's a huge surprise, but you know there was a stretch there. Where, okay, let, I want to say like you know there were five and two for a stretch where they beat all the teams except for the Pacers, uh, and that of course yeah. doesn't include the Wizards game last night. But you know a seven game block's a pretty good block. The Pacers have the top defense in the NBA, so. That's a pretty good run from the Hawks. What's what's going right? Uh, it's a lot of John Collins being a menace on the glass. Uh, you know, with the downsizing of the NBA, uh, you know, teams just they can't box them out. Um, you know, no power forward can box them out. You're you're starting to see now that most teams are just putting their center on John, right. and now and like you know, uh, last game he got. He got some. He's starting to get more clean looks from three going against centers than he was against four. So, uh, like, I, I'll actually be interested to see if teams continue to play play uh, centers to guard him if he counters by taking more uh, three pointers, which I feel like is a recent trend. Um, and you know, it's been like, I mean, just in general, John Collins has been a just been a beast. Uh, you know, his numbers are well documented. 20, 20, 20, 20 and 10 with like what three or four assists a game um you know he's doing his damage you know at the rim high volume and it's opened up like to me it feels like it's kind of just opened up the offense for everybody else uh before Bazemore got hurt Bazemore was also playing the best basketball basketball of his career to me mm-hmm. um really just you know he was playing off the ball playing within himself not doing too much but taking advantage of his, you know, his athletic talent as a basketball player. And, you know, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, uh, you know, they've been balling uh, in their own, you know, in their own different ways. You know, Herter's been more assertive as a, just as a 
you know, basketball player in general, he's taking more shots. He's, you know, running more pick and roll stuff. He's turning the ball over way too much on these pick and rolls, but at least now he's starting to finish. We saw, was it the, uh, what game was it where he, was it the Pacer game where he uh, threw, uh, threw a hammer dunk? Yeah, I think it was the second the Pacer game, and then there was another yeah. one last night in Washington. Yeah, it's good good to see him go up with some authority, man. Like, oh, Herder, Herder likes to pretend he's not athletic. It's it's the weird – I've it. you know, it's so odd to watch him when he goes up, you know, with authority because, like, at the very last second, he'll just try to do a floater when he, the dunk is available to him, so – it's good to see him, you know, you know, throw throw some dunks down with some authority, you know, play up to his athleticism, which which he has more than I think he uh he get, he individually gives himself credit for offensively. But uh, you know, Herder's playing well and Trey Young, uh, I mean he's just I mean, not not enough can be talked about how he runs the Hawks offense like it's been purring in large part because he's been, you know, he's been run, running a well-oiled machine. He's getting to his spot. And, you know, he's shooting better from three. And um, I don't know if he's taking different shots. I do feel he's not ta- – he's ta- but, like, I can't really – like, I can't really tell you if he's done anything all that different. Like, I, he's still taking 29, 30-footers. They're just going in now. Um you know, before Bazemore got hurt, he was getting a little bit more uh, open catch and shoot threes just due to the, to the pressure Bazemore was putting on as a as a driver. Uh, right. But you know, really, really to me, it just feels like Trey Young is shooting the ball with some confidence now, and he's starting to climb himself out to what what he is as a shooter right now. You know, he's he's probably not a forty percent shooter, but he he's not he's not the twenty like he was sub twenty five for a good. Well, until like recently, so and he's he's a way better shooter than that. He he should be around thirty two, thirty three percent. Right. You know, at least as a rookie. And, um, and he was, the- you know, in his defense, and this brings up another topic. For December, for the month of December, he was forty three percent from the field, thirty five percent from three, and he might have been the best candidate for rookie of the month, but that award went to Kevin Knox. Yeah, like I would have gave it to you know, I think I would have gave it to Trey Young, um, not even being biased, just because no, I... of the offensive load that he has. You know, it's not just his shooting. I mean, he's but you know, you also got to take it into account his passing, and you know, well, Kevin absolutely. Knox has really just just did it as a scorer. Like if you look at it, like it, it's hard for me to say that Knox was was better than Trey Young, but, you know, Knox was playing some good basketball. Right. Uh, I mean, the Knicks were 2-12, and 12 and the Hawks were 6-7 and seven over the course of the month. And, you know, whatever you say about Trey Young, like, he and Collins are the offensive engine. I mean, that that's where it begins and ends for the Hawks, and everything else, else around it is nice, but that that's, that's the beginning and the end for them is what they can do in the mid-pick and roll. It it must it must be said though, like you know, in a normal year, Trey Young probably wouldn't have won it for the month of sure. October and November. Yep. So, like, yeah, it's, it it's one of those out. things where, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's like it's whatever. Uh, you know, no rookie's playing as good as Luka Doncic, so it's that's right. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the that's what's pretty dope about this 
you know, rookie class. I think I've said this before, but, you know, nobody's playing poorly. Um, except for maybe Mo Bamba. I haven't seen anything positive on his end. But everybody else is more or less, like, in that, you know, having good – have more or less having a good rookie season. Um, or at least it's showing promise. Like, you know, Bagley before he got hurt was putting up good numbers. DeAndre Aiden, I mean, he had one game where he scored like 24 points in a quarter. And, you know, Doncic has just been a killer. Um, so it's it's been a good – and, you know, Trey Young, you know, in his own right, even when he was struggling, like it has to be said, uh, Robbie Kalen uh, of Dime and, you know, former Peachtree Hooper. Yeah. Uh, former Hawks.comer. And Hawks, yeah, yeah. He actually wrote a uh, – he talked about this on the pod with Brad, but he wrote a piece about how, you know, the Hawks don't have a secondary creator. Um, that's something that, you know – Wait, um, I thought Bazemore was doing it. You just said he was playing the best Well, basketball. yeah, yeah. He was – like, he was doing it. I think that was – I think that was a big reason why you could see Trey, uh, Trey's improving. But th- this was written before – Right. Uh, before, As of like mid December, like his usage rates were ridiculous. Like the ball was in his hands yeah. and that was it. Yeah, and like they they like they reduced like Trey Young's usage rate has been reduced uh a bit yeah. during this stretch and he's you know, he's just playing better, he's taking less threes in general. Um and he's really focused like he's really getting to the rim because like his passing is just such like I feel like it's still underrated, and we like everybody talks about it all the time. Like, man, his passing is great. Like his passing is unreal. Mm-hmm. How good he is as a passer. It opens up the offense. Um, the negative is that you know it's you know the way he plays because of his size, his rookiness, and you know the type of passes he wants to throw. You know he has a high turnover rate, but yeah. I mean some of the some of the dimes he throws, like it's just like it's just easy offense. It gets it gets guys like like Alex Lynn. Alex, Alex Lynn, Lynn had a that's case number one last night, and that was all Trey. That was all Trey. That was all Trey. Uh, I mean, it, he's he's got to catch it and he's got to finish it. But you know, guys like Deadman and Len are dependent on their smalls to set them up, and Trey Young, especially with Len, like what he's what he's done for Len in the last week has been marvelous. I and mean, you know, I compared it to you know what what Dwight Howard and Eddie Tavares went through when they were here in Atlanta. You know, passes way too high over their head, passes at their feet, passes at their knees. It's like they never got used the right way. And you try to imagine them playing with somebody like Trey Young, and they would have looked a whole lot better. I don't know about Dwight Howard. Uh, that's a. I mean, he was a mess on defense in the playoffs and stuff, but he could but he could finish a dunk if you gave him the ball on the roll. Here's the here's the difference. Well, I'll say with Alex Lynn, what I, I really liked is that when Alex Lynn, when he's not posting up, he's spacing out to the three point line. That's something neither Eddie Tavares sure. or Dwight Howard could do, and that's just such a like. Even though he's not shooting it, like he's shooting like what thirty to low thirty percentage, but even that, like even that, just just that extra space when you're not when you're not around the paint, you're you're you know, you're just providing spacing. Like, that's that's real value. I mean, it helps. Yeah, it's real value, and it helps on the secondary action. But if your primary action is those guys in the pick and roll, it's not that big a deal that they don't shoot. But it, it does ruin it for everybody else. If you have to, you know, if you have to do the short roll pass and it goes to the corner and they close that out, and then you got to, you know, go another pass or two, then at that point, the fact that they can't shoot and they got to play in the dunker zone 
hurts, but I mean, they were just, I don't know, we're, I guess we're taking you too far afield. I just felt like they were never used well on the roll because the passes, other than Bazemore, Bazemore was a pretty good passer, but the rest of the passes that those two got were just <laughs> shite. You, you're you're a passer guy. I'm, I'm, I don't know. They Neither of them had hands worth anything. Well, Tavares did, but, you know, Tavares... I mean, God bless him, but I don't. I don't think he just had the foot speed. Yeah, I mean, you had to play like drop, pick and roll coverages and stuff for both of them. But I'm taking you too far afield. So let <laughs> let me bring you back into it. Um, did you read the Zach Lowe column that had that? You know, it was like a ten things, and it led with Doncic one, Trey Young two. Yeah, yeah. Did did you? I mean, the Doncic one was fine. They're like, Doncic is a great passer. And here are some examples. And they were magnificent passers. With the Trey Young thing, it was a critique of him taking fewer threes and particularly fewer off-the-dribble threes right in that stretch when he tapered back his three-point attempts. And it seemed like, you know, because he was using John Collins, all of a sudden they were competent, you know, right in the middle of that five and one stretch that they played. Did you think that was a fair criticism? I don't know. It's a, uh, you know, Zach Lowe, he's a, uh, you know, he's a legend. He's um, great. He's, he's a genius. I, that, that one felt a little weird to me just because. No, I think, I think what Zach, Zach, point was that the Hawks drafted Trey Young to shoot those threes sure. that he, he's just stopped taking. So like and that and I, I find that to be a fair criticism. Um uh, in the sense that uh you know this version of Trey Young isn't the guy they drafted at the same time this is a pretty good basketball player they that he's playing at right now. Right. And you know I, I yeah I mean he praised Trey Young uh, column before um, in one of those 10 things as well talked about just how great he is as a distributor distributor right. I, I i didn't i didn't see an issue with it uh-huh. i i think he he did note that the hawks weren't setting screens high enough for that's him right to get open you know get those uh threes off the bounce right and that's that's something i i had actually wanted to i i had noticed as well as where they were setting the screens kind of below the three-point line instead of, you know, for somebody who can make those types of shots above the three-point line where he can get a running start and then, you know, take the shot, force the – but what and, – and I find and I find the reason why they set him so low is because for all of John Collins' gifts, um, you know, and he, he's improved – like he's made great strides as a playmaker. Right. But at the same time, he's probably not that comfortable with the ball in his hand. Uh, where if Trey Young is getting trapped, because that, that's what was happening. Where if they set, if the bigs were setting the screen too high, what would happen is the bigs would like the bigs were coming out, like they were they were coming out as if Trey Young was a forty percent three point shooter, right? Uh, and they would just they would just trap him, right? And so then Trey Young get the ball out of his hand, and what would happen is that there would just be a little record scratch, or uh, you know, just. Just uh, one of those where you know the guy who got, who received the ball wouldn't make the right read with with it, and that, right. that so you're saying he's back, getting the back. ball like 13 feet from the hoop, and they may or may not have brought a third 
defender into the pick and roll coverage and, you know, may or may not need to make that short roll pass out to the corner. Yeah, what what the, it, it wouldn't be so simple as that because like John can make that short corner like pick okay. and roll pass. What they would do, it, it'd be that it'd be that they it basically be a zone defense where okay it'd be it, like if you rewatch the Pacers game, what they do, what they did was they they trap Trey up high. Uh, you know the big who set the screen will get into a get into position to receive the ball from Trey, but you know John would be in a not in a position to shoot the basketball. So then he has to reset, take a dribble. But the guy, there's nobody directly, like, he's not at the three-point line. Like, he's in, he's in no man's land, basically, where he's in, the, he's in the high post, like, 20 feet away from the rim. 20, okay. He has, to make a, he has to make a dribble, but what would happen is that they're basically playing zone defense against him. They're not really – like, if they were just – like, if they, if, they were, if they were either not guarding him at all, he would just, you know, go in for a dunk. Or if they were – or if they were just guarding him, you know, straight up, then he could just make that simple pass to the corner. It, it, it was a more, you know, it's, it's just a more complicated look that they, that they would get. And, you know, to discourage that type of play, uh, the Hawks set screens a little bit, uh, you know, they wouldn't set screens so high just so that, you know, because they know what John, like at the end of the day, this team is running their offense through John Collins, and they know, right. you know, what, what he's best at, which is rolling at the rim, you know, or getting position at the rim. They don't, you know, they they don't feel too comfortable with him making those types of decisions. It was a, it was one of the um, great points that uh, Stinger actually brought up on the broadcast mm-hmm. when Vince Carter was in that role. All of a sudden, things opened up for the offense because Vince is, you know, Vince will is just a headier basketball player at, at this point in time. This, like, again, like, there's no shame that, you know, these guys aren't Al Horford. Like, John Collins is Al Horford with the ball in his hands at, at that, you know, part of the, of the As court. As a second-year like, player, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what's difficult is because, you know, he's in a position he, – he's in that – like, it, it's – he's in the higher post position where he has to make a decision. Yeah. He's not – his feet aren't behind the three-point line. Right. Uh just because of how, just because of how they trap, like he can't receive the ball behind the three point line. He's he's in that he's basically in no man's land. He doesn't yeah. want to take you know that mid range jumper that is open, but at right. the same time, it's like that's not one. That's not a good shot. Two, I mean, again, it's kind of even though he can make that shot, uh, you know, that's not it's not a value. That's shot. Not his shot, and more importantly, like. Like it's it's tough for somebody as good as he is finishing around the rim to take those particular type of jumpers. So he's kind of he's kind of caught in the mix where they don't have to guard him until he makes a dribble. Then when he does, like they're not going to leave the you know the easy the easy pass to the corner. Like the guys just aren't going to leave. And by, by the time he's finished making the decision what to do, like the big is kind of you know. Get, fought his way back to being in position to guard him and you know the you know the advantage is lost so you know and you know there's really no like to me I'm like eh. still you would like to see I, I think they have done a bit more of setting those screens higher up the feet how or higher up the court but you know again like at the end of the day I understand that that's criticism because even you know even last night against the the Wizards, I wanted Trey to look like in general, I want Trey to be hunting his shot from three point range. That is something that's probably been a criticism of mine right. for him, uh, even in summer league where where 
you know, he's just not hunting that shot. or He's not hunting for good shots like he should be, especially when the ball's not in his hands. Uh, right. So, I mean, and, I think you know, he's been it. hunting his, his floater, not so much last night. Yeah, but like, exactly. In that stretch of good basketball, he was basically, you know, they were running pick and roll, and whatever coverage he faced, he was basically putting one guy on his ass and just kind of taking that patient dribble down the lane. And if and they go to John, the he's shooting the floater. And if they don't, you know, you're getting it to Collins. And it was it was an engine for really good offense. I thought, I don't know. I, I understand the criticism of not taking pick and roll threes, but I think it's contingent a lot on the defensive coverage that he faces and with the amount of blitzing and stuff and trapping that he gets. And just the fact and that he just- wasn't making a ton of them either. That if he if he kind of yeah. nudges towards a more efficient shot, he's still taking the twenty eight footers in transition. I mean that's a that's a pull up three that he's still comfortable with. He's just not taking the the pick and roll three pointers off the dribble, and those are those are a harder shot, and those are more dependent on what kind of defense the opponent plays. I think I don't know. Yeah, and 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 no biggest is you know playing like when when the Hawks play any team like when the the Hawks do set a screen high enough. They, I mean, they're coming up the trap because at the end of the day, they, they know the playmaking just isn't there. Now, Herder's kind of starting to come out of his shell a bit. That's what we talked about. And that, that that's that's been a positive. But you know, I think I think that I think and you know, overall, like overall, in general, like you know, to me, Trey Young just playing with better pace with the ball. He's not. I feel like he's not as hurried as he was as he was. And, but it really Wait, what was helped. the adjective there? I missed it. He's not as what? Hurried. Hurried. Oh, okay. hurried. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But it, you know, it it helps greatly that again, like during during the stretch these this seven game stretch, Dwayne Demon was finally making his three pointers. Like Demon just couldn't hit a three until uh, it feels like just two weeks ago, and now you know he couldn't miss before he got hurt. Uh, Demon's been making his threes. Basemore was playing the best basketball of his career. And with Herder and John Collins all playing well at the same time, like finally the Hawks had a starting five starting unit that was not getting them killed in games. And then, right. you know, that had the snowball effect of, well, the bitch is always, has always, always been solid this season with Jeremy Lynn, just, you know, doing Jeremy Lynn thing. Right. So it, it just had a, you know, a positive snowball effect. Um, you know, it also has to be said that all, all the the Hawks' best players come with, you know, Torian Prince not being there. Right. I mean, we haven't and, seen Torian together with John Collins that much. But, you know, he was a little bit of a defense. You know, he's a d- defensive disappointing. What the hell? He was a defensive disappointment this season. Um, yeah. But, but and, it, you know. And then. Yeah. Offensively, he kind of holds the ball, and like that's, that's something that, that has been noticeable. Yeah, that the Hawks are swinging the ball now. Like, oh, absolutely! It's, I mean, like it's a ball, delicate ball balance, movement. but you know, yeah. the best pairing of wings that they could put together around, you know, Collins and Young is is Herder Bazemore, and they were both playing really well. And now Bazemore's hurt. Exactly. It's so, it's going to be tough without Bazemore. That that delicate balance yeah. is gone. Yeah, there's there's no more balance. It's like, well, now they really wish Prince would come back just because, you know, you can't have Herder playing 40-plus minutes a night, and they probably do need Herder to play 40-plus minutes a night because they don't 
I mean, for better or worse, you know, Herder's the only guy who can make threes and play, you know, acceptable defense at the two-guard spot at the moment. Um, you know, Bembry, his shooting has fallen off a cliff. Uh, Justin Anderson, it's, you know, it's erratic. You uh, know, I, yeah. I like Justin Anderson. I like Justin overall, Anderson but, and I like DeAndre Bembry, but I don't really like them together. Yeah, so it's one of those things where it has to be one or the other. I I don't know. Me personally, I considering the type of season this is, I would just play Justin Anderson at the four and live with the results. I, I understand that, you know, this team has needed Vince Carter, but I mean, I don't know. Justin Anderson when he's on the floor, he make he just makes too many positive plays defensively. He's fun to I mean, watch. Not, yeah, that and I like mean, that's the thing, is as much as I I don't like Justin Anderson and DeAndre Bembry together. They're still like the two best wing defenders too. Like, yeah. And, you know, they, they need that. They need those guys, uh, you know, toughness and athleticism uh, considering who they're starting, you know, with Trey Young and uh, Herter. He's okay, but uh, not, you know, he's just not as physical as you would like for a wing player. But, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's just tough. Like, baseball was the second-best player on this team this season uh, behind John Collins, who, again, been killing it. Uh, and, and you know, without Bazemore, it's going to be a rough, rough – really, without Bazemore and Prince, it's going to be really rough for them to, you know, pull together enough minutes. Uh, you know, Pierce tries to get Jeremy Lynn and Trey on to play together, but the defense is just – like, you just – they just don't have a chance to get a stop. Right. And so it's like, uh, and the issue with, like, I feel, I find the real issue with Jeremy Lin and Trey Young together is that while Trey Young, while Jeremy Lin can play without the ball in his hands, Trey Young can, but Jeremy Lin isn't that a depth of a passer to really take advantage of all of Trey Young's spacing. Right. Uh, it's, you know, it's a weird. You know, Jeremy's an interesting basketball player. Like, his passing is probably – I mean, it's his worst trait as a basketball – like, as an offensive basketball player. Right. He's, just he's a not good that, finisher. He's a finisher. Yeah, he's a good finisher. And, and he's, he's worked to become a score. decent shooter. Yeah, all that. But, like, I mean, you see it when he runs pick and rolls. Like, it, he just can't make – he can't make the same type of passes that Trey Young can. And the offense is just – the offense is just different. That doesn't mean Jeremy Lin isn't good. Right. Like, he, he, like to me, he's a starter caliber point guard in this league. He's a better finisher you know, just, than, than Trey Young is at this that, point. That and, like, you know, he's just bigger and all right. that good stuff. But, you know, you're losing, you're losing dynamic playmaking when Jeremy Lin has the ball in his yep. hand compared to Trey Young. So, like, there's really no value of playing them both together when – you know, Jeremy Lin's not going to make that pass when Trey Young is open. Um, you know, that cross court pass, or you, or you know, it. Jeremy Lin is all pick and roll. Like right. that, that's just that's just that's all his game, his game is. So, mm-hmm. for better or worse, like it's like there's there's no real benefit for me playing these both together. So, I might as well try to get you know minutes to um, somebody else. And there's no third point guard, which is kind of a weird thing, but. It is what it is. I mean, I guess it's Benbury, but. I, I don't find, like, you know, I don't find them not having a third point guard all that weird. I 
I don't see the value. Like to me, I don't see the value of a third point guard when your first two point guards are this good. Um, mm-hmm. like I mean, the, it would have to be somebody who's kind of good with not like, being in the rotation because if they're both healthy, me, they're both playing 20 minutes at least. Yeah, to me, like the third point guard in basketball is like the third catcher in baseball. It's like it, he's, you know, he's not going to play unless there's an injury. And I, I, I don't know. Like, it, like I, I, you know. That's fine. So do you I, think I that, that do you think that Pierce is doing the right thing in terms of like okay Bazemore is hurt, Bazemore is hurt Prince is hurt and so his strategy is start Daniel Hamilton give Hamilton the tougher defensive assignment give Bembry the tougher defensive assignment give Herder the easier defensive assignment but play him 40 minutes 44 minutes that that's kind of what we've seen the first couple of games here is that the right way to go about it it seems i mean there's not a lot of options here yeah, I like. I would try to steal some more. Uh, just play Justin Anderson and Bembry together, and just hope for the best. Uh, you know, play them with Jeremy Lin and Vince Carter, and you know, heck, another shooter, Dwayne Dedman, uh, and you know, just try to steal some minutes for Herder because you can't really expect. I mean, he hurt his young, and that's great and all, but like, you really don't want want somebody playing that many minutes. Like, forty four minutes is too much in a basketball game. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, back and dial it back a bit. But, you know, Daniel Hamilton, he's been he's interesting because I, I find I, I understand completely why he's starting just because he's a much better offensive basketball player than Bembry. Like that's, and so it's just a way to you know, steal some minutes early uh, with your, you know, best four guys you have currently and Daniel Hamilton. You know, I wish Hamilton was a better defender, but if you were, he'd probably be a, you know, a good two-way rotation player instead of the spot duty that he is getting. But, I mean, if, if Bembry or Anderson could just make – open catch and shoot threes they'd be starting and we wouldn't have this issue but it's just you know neither of them they're both terrible shooters so what are our numbers here let's see we've got Bembry's at 30 percent Justin Anderson in in a very small sample is at 20 percent I think I think he's better than that I think I do too and I do appreciate that he just like he when he catches it he shoots it there's no hesitation there's no hesitation I think honestly, like with Justin Anderson, just the way his rehab went, there were you know it just worked out that basically you know he got healthy enough to a point where he could shoot, but he wasn't healthy enough because of the you know the nature of it was like a tibial injury or something like that. He was you know kept out of contact by design for a very long time. He had a lot of months where it was basically just shoot, 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 like just just keep working on your shot I, I think you know I think if they keep going to him and he keeps taking those shots without hesitation it'll get better I mean I guess 20 yeah. percent. I mean it almost has to get better but I I think it could get a lot better not in the sense that maybe from from now to the rest of the season like he could shoot 36 percent you know starting right this moment from now to the end of the season that wouldn't surprise me yes and so for me I would like on one hand, I get it. You know, Daniel Hamilton at least has the ideal spacing at 
where at the very least he's a much better playmaker. He's a really good with the ball. Co- sure. Like, yeah, and you're starting Collins already. You, you want Collins around the rim. If you have either Justin Anderson or Bembry starting, it doesn't matter if they're taking them or not. Like, no team is going to respect them from that range, so it's going to just cramp the spacing. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it just, you know, like – I'm saying all this, but at the same time, I would just start Justin Anderson. He's the, like to me, he's the best. He's the best wing, uh, current guy who you know other than Herder. Like it, like to me, it's him and Herder who are the two best guys just because of his finishing around the rim, his overall athleticism, and his, you know, his plus the defensive impact. Uh, you know, if Bembry could just finish around the rim, he just. Like for all of he takes too many shots where like he player. doesn't face the rim. Like he'll they shoot. They have no like these shot like these layup attempts have no chance of going in. Some of them, yeah. Like they don't. It's just it's their soft layup attempts where he's avoiding contact. He's moving like parallel and, to the rim instead of perpendicular to it. Exactly, and it's like, come on, dog! Like you can't take these floaters that you're not good at. Like they're. They're killer. Like, they're just turnover. Like, every time he takes a floater, it's just a turnover. It's like, you're not helping the team win when you take these shots. You have to pass the ball back to somebody else before the shot clock runs down when, when you get in trouble like that. Like, it, like he's just such a killer on offense. It, it annoys me every game I watch him play because, I, you know, you see that he's a smart basketball player and, you know, he's trying to make the right play, but – you know, at some point you just gotta accept your limitations and stay within yourself as a basketball player. Cause right. like these, like, I mean, these attempts, it's like, dude. And he's he's worked so hard for the, on that jump shot. Like, okay, you look at it and you say, okay, he's shooting almost thirty one percent from the season, and that's you know that's below NBA average. It's not great. And of course, he's making those shots when he's really open. They're, you know, he's not he's not getting that kind of jump shot respect for the most part. So. You know, that is what it is. But, like, compare it to where he was as a rookie. Like, you could leave him unguarded just taking jump shots, feet set, perfect pass from, you know, the coach, just just him on an empty floor, and he wouldn't have made 30%. Like, it was it was not pretty when he was a rookie. It's so much better now. So his progress was going the right way, even if it's, you know, it's not NBA average yet. But, like, from where he was as a rookie, it's incredible. <laughs> But I, issue, I honestly can't believe that he's as good as he is. But the issue is that his release is so slow that it that's it right. Does it just doesn't matter? Like right. I okay. like I, I see the strides he make. Like you could like the ball is definitely going in more. But it like I mean, if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, there's no reason to guard him. Like so it it right. Like I mean, you know, in a micro sense, it's been great progress for him as an individual. But for the team, in a macro sense, it. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like nobody's just nobody respect right. it. So, I mean, and, I, you know, I kind of. And I mean, when they, he's get, still the best defender on the team. I think he's probably a little bit better than Anderson, just in terms of mobility and you know being able to guard point guards and stuff. I he, I still think he's probably the best defender on the team. So he's got that in his favor, and it kind of works with Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin can kind of play off the ball and be good at that. So I like the fact yeah. that they play him with Jeremy Lin. Like I'd rather see that than I don't want. I don't want to see him playing with Trey Young. I, I like Bembry Lin together, um, but I, I hear what you're saying. 
I don't know. To me, it's like Justin Anderson, uh, he's just bigger. You know, at the end of the day, he's bigger. He can make more plays defensively. Like, he's had some huge plays. He had some huge plays during the stretch. I mean, if it were me, I would just start him. I I would start him instead of Daniel Hamilton. Agree, agree, and I'll just live with the results because at at the end of the day, he's not hesitate. Like, his shot release is quick, and he doesn't hesitate. And I'm like, just give me that. At some point, these shots are going to go down with some consistency. See, I'll live with that result. I can't live with Bembry and these floaters. Like, that, like all the good that he does. Are they floaters? I just think – I see them more as, like – Fly-by layups, like I don't know. It, it's it's the worst shot in it. Like I I hate it so much. I hate when he does all this cool stuff. Like, dude, just make the simple play, please. Like, come on. Uh, it gives too many points away. Just not. I don't know. Like, I, to me, Justin Anderson, you know what you're getting. Actually, I'll if say you, this about Bembry too, just because I mean I think it's an interesting observation. Make of it what you will, but like. You know, watching him work with the coaches before the games, there was definitely one day there after he was struggling with some layups where it was like they were doing drill work where he was trying to almost like almost like a pause. Like when he'd get to the rim, it was like they were trying to get him to gather himself and regroup himself and go off two feet. And you could kind of see, you know, that they were trying to kind of nudge him towards that as opposed to kind of the the one foot, get it up fast flybys. I don't know. I, I, mean, I thought it was interesting. He's got to do something different because it's not – I mean, it's just – like, you just can't play – like, I mean, you can't play somebody if you if you can't, you know, make your free throws, make shots at the rim, or make three-pointers. So, it's – you know, it, like, you can only be so good defensively. Right. Uh, you know, Andre Robertson, he, he's not that defensively. And – you know, even Andre Robinson, you don't want to play more than 20 minutes a game. He might, he might have been, when he was healthy, the best defender in the NBA. So it's just... Man, if he comes like, back and they play Dennis and Russell and Robertson together, man, I don't know. Is there is there any difference to what they've been doing? I like they, they, I they guess can't not. make a shot except Paul George. Yeah, it's, no, it's unbelievable. They have so little shooting. Paul George. Yeah, it's incredible. And, like, it, it doesn't matter because... I think I said this before, Steven Adams, Adams Steven is just Adams, an animal. Yeah. Nobody can box him out. He Jeremy gets every Grant. offensive rebound. Uh, and, uh, you know, Russ Westbrook has toned it down because Paul George is kind of just playing at a, you know, he's playing some really, like, playing the best basketball like, of his career. So yeah, like all-NBA level. Yeah, so, um, yeah, good for Dennis. I mean, Dennis is playing well, so shout-out to him. Yep. Well, are we leaving anything out? Oh, I got, I got one. What, what about Tyler Dorsey? There was a stretch where he was playing for a couple of weeks. What, what do you see there? I mean, is is, Man, it, is it better? But is it good enough to actually be something or no? He was making some interesting passes, and you know, he like offensively, he's good enough to be in this league. It's just he doesn't have a position that he can guard, and that's. I mean, like it's at the end of the day, it just comes down to the fact that he's just not big enough to guard twos in this league. I mean, he's not good enough. He's just not a good enough defender in general. But he's too small to guard twos, and he's too slow to guard ones. And it's like, 
we can't play you alongside Trey Young, and we really can't play you alongside Jeremy Lane either because it's I mean it's the same problem with Trey Young where right you know two guys with not not a good enough length um, in your backcourt like that's just not like in today's NBA it's just hard to win that way and so you know for all the value that Dorsey was bringing because he was making play like. Dorsey was making plays, finishing well around the rim, making open threes, just, you know, playing good basketball. And kudos to him for staying ready. But, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, it's just a struggle given his physical limitations. Like, right. it, it's just tough. Yeah, it just felt like he was, it felt like he was doing the same things, but just better. Like, he's still, if he drives, he's going to go right. But, like, it was just a little more assertive. You know, I think physically he's gotten stronger. Obviously, almost all the players do, but, like, he could take a bump and still finish. I mean, it seemed like he was doing the same things he usually did, but just, just a little bit better, a little bit quicker, a little bit more assertive, a little bit more confidently, and just with a little more physical force and strength that it, it just worked a little bit better than it had at any point that I've seen him play. But I agree with you, you know, defensively it's going to be tough. Yeah, and it's and it's like I mean the Hawks are barely. And he's not. Out he's like an okay three point shooter. I'm sorry, I cut you off, but no, you good. He, he's yeah. not. He's yeah. not a dead like. He's not a stone cold three point shooter. He's like a fine yeah. three point shooter. And if he were like a yeah, stone no. cold three point shooter, then we'd be talking about something. But he, he hasn't been. Even if he was as good as Kevin Herter is right now, like I think that would he's like right. he's like if a he, tier below shooter than yeah. Herter. Oh yeah, and he needs to be. He, for him to be successful, he has to at least be as good as Kevin Herter is right now as a shooter. And like that, I don't know if he'll ever be that good. Or at least Herter's just, yeah. He's, he's Herter's not, just, I don't think he's actually even close to that. Yeah, I, I don't either. I'm with you. I, I just, I, I don't think he functionally has the shooting talent. Right. So it's just one of those things where uh, you're not, you know, you're not Jason Terry. Right. Uh, what are you? Um, so, it, and it's tough for guys his size, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but like I say, it, it really does suck for him because you can clearly see he's a lot better than when he, what he was last season, but it's just, I mean, the NBA is tough. It is tough, right? I mean, we, we say good things about players. We say bad things about players, but like, these are still the 400 best players, you know, in the world by and large. I mean, there are a few scattered players here and there, but. These are really great basketball players, and everything's relative. And just just to even get a sniff of that group is incredible. I mean, yeah. I mean, he it, could have a great been, career it, in Europe. You know, I mean, I don't know. We'll I see. feel like there's a place in this league for Dorsey, but it's probably always as a 14th, 15th man. Sure. Because uh, I think he, as right. a, as what he's been like the 14th or 15th man on the team, like. I feel like he's been good in that role. When he's been called upon, he's done his job. Uh, you know, he's been he's been serviceable. Um, there are guys in this league who are not that. Uh, so he's been. I feel like he's better than that. But you know, he's got to be a better shooter. And if you are a better, you know, playmaker, you know, maybe you can get by with his defense. But his defense is just. It's not that it's it's not. It's not unforgivably bad, but considering the construction of the team, like if if the point guard was Drew Holiday, then you could probably get like if yeah. Drew Holiday was the point guard and then yeah. Tyler Dorsey was on that team, like that, that's what I mean when I say 
Like Tyler Dorsey, I feel like Tyler Dorsey has a place in this league. It's just not on this particular team where the point guard defense just isn't never going to be there with either Lynn or or um or Trey Young. But if you put him on a team where, you know, you got a killer, killer point guard uh defender, uh you can get away with playing Dorsey. because uh, like he does have value as an offensive player, as a scorer. Yeah. Um and he you know, he can get points up. So you know, I, I think it's just like for him. I think it's just a bad fit on this team. Not necessarily that he's not an NBA player. Right. Okay. Uh, you're looking. I guess we're just about done. You're looking forward to anything? It, it almost feels anticlimactic that the Hawks are playing the Bucks and Mike Budenholzer. Like tomorrow, maybe you'll be listening to this, and we should say today because you probably listen to this tomorrow or the next day. It feels anticlimactic. They don't even have Bazemore and Prince, so it's like, you know, what's the same about this team? There's just so little overlap. Like, almost everybody's gone. It just feels like people that were here, you know, that got here since Bud left. Were, you know, it doesn't even seem like the same team. Yeah, um, I mean, it just sucks that Bazemore's not playing because you know. It, I feel like Bazemore could have at least made it. With Bazemore on the team, they could have at least put out lineups that could compete. Right. Whereas now, I, I don't know if they could put five guys on the floor that have a you know a real chance against this Bucks team. Yeah, the Bucks. Um, good. <laughs> yeah, understatement. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm a little bit. I mean, in the in the big picture, it's probably good that the Hawks aren't. You know, playing 600 ball the rest of the season or something ridiculous. You know, because all of a sudden they're competent with John Collins. You know, it was a very delicate balance with Bazemore and Deadman. And if if one of, if they lose either of those pieces, I think it gets rough for them now, and they're they're going to lose some games. Which you know, maybe that's that's best long term. You know, yeah, not a hardcore tank, but again. be competitive and lose in the end. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and the schedule is getting tougher too. So, like, there might be some more rough games as they yeah. go along. But to well, be fair, like January though, like, they have like eight straight games at home or something. There's, you know, just in general, like the Wizards game that happened. Whenever you guys are listening to this, uh, where they got blown out at the end, like it was a good game until, I, like, to right. me, it felt like they kind of ran out of gas. They yeah. they played a lot of games, uh, so, um. You know, they've had a lot of games in this stretch, so now they've kind of had an extended break. Uh, so maybe they'll play better against the Bucks, but, you know, it may or may not matter. But, you know, at the same time, John Collins is going to hit, you know, four threes in a game again. I feel like they have a chance against anybody. Uh, so we'll see. All right. Well, thank you, sir. We'll do this again Thanks soon. Thanks for having me. we got to do some trade deadline nope. stuff soon. That That's the one thing we left out today, so we'll have to work on that. Yeah, we got we got to give people something to uh, look forward to next time. All right. Thank you, sir. No problem.